0: welcome to So What You're Saying Is, I'm Peter Whittle. Now I'm delighted to say that my guest is somebody that if you watch any American news programmes or indeed here in Britain too you'll probably be familiar with. Dr Frank Luntz is one of the most preeminent pollsters and strategists in America. He's also a best-selling author with two books on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, He is now here in Britain because he has just done a huge report for the Centre for Policy Studies. This is, well, part of the report, Britain Speaks, um, and it is about political attitudes as they stand in Britain today uh, in a party political sense, but also in a more general sense. Um, Thank
1: you very much for coming. Uh, I couldn't say no my office while i'm here is right next door so if i claimed that there was just too much traffic it would not have been believed <laughs> um, tell me
0: as a, as a general kind of conclusion um does Britain seem in as divided a state
1: as america fortunately not i i i've been doing politics now for about 35 years and I've never seen Americans so angry with each other, so dismissive of each other. And we wanted to see whether the UK is going through the same kind of turmoil that the US is. Part of my wanting to be in London and get a, was to get away from it all, that uh, it now permeates every aspect of life. It affects friendships, it affects families. If you bring up politics during Christmas, you're likely to find yourself uh, in a tough state. Um, These are not the best times for democracy and these are not the best times for economic freedom. So we thought, let's take a look at the UK. My company and I, and I actually moved here for the last two months, uh, did a massive study Three uh, two surveys, three thousand people, hundred and fifty questions, over a thousand pages of data. And what we found are threefold. Number one, there is a sense that the politicians don't listen and don't care. Number two is that the economic leaders of this country, the business leaders. Uh, are not really as connected as they should be to their employees and to the consumers, customers they serve. And third, that there is a sense that while things have gotten better now versus the last generation, that things ahead are not well defined and that less than half the population are convinced that their kids are going to have a better life than they are. Mm. So there's a, there's a deep seated pessimism. That's beyond what the traditional Brit goes through. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I lived for three years in this country, so I know that you all celebrate being disappointed, um, <laughs> upset.
0: We have very good practice.
1: Yes, and you love, uh, with, this is being filmed uh, 48 hours after the mm. European Cup, which I was there. Uh, And I know that everyone said before they went into the match that, oh, we're going to lose. And and you said that at every single match up to the point of fighting the championship. And that it's a natural, it's just part of being British. Mm. And I appreciate it because it's also part of the understatement of your country. And it's part of the quietness that we don't have in America. We're so loud right now. But um, this has been a wonderful experience, and the study that you have in front of you has been a real eye opener for the future of the country. I think uh, you you say that
0: people are very loud in America at the moment. I know that you did uh, a focus group because uh, I've seen bits of it where you seemed pretty exasperated because there was no. This was in America, and there was seemed to be no. You no know, bridges out all between people talking over each other
1: and this this is presumably what you mean Yes, and you should if there's a way to splice this into this video. You should do so yeah. we have the rights to it So it should be yours and From the first 90 seconds you can count it off how quickly people started to uh, Not disagree but insult each other and then how rude they got and how abusive they got within four or five minutes this is not the democracy that I knew. This is not the country that I love. And I think that this is this is what Donald Trump brought us. I think this is to some degree what AOC brought us. I don't know how well known she will be. Could, yes. Could you say her name? I mean, do you... so she is the um, leader of the. Progressives, Uh, she comes from the Bernie Sanders and he's someone people know here. Bernie Sanders was the final opponent to Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders is from the progressive wing. He's the Jeremy Corbyn of American Mm. politics. Mm. And while he was not named the nominee of the Democrats, he still has considerable support and he goes across the country uh, supporting social, he's actually a democratic socialist, he's not a registered democrat. And he, he's very active on the left wing of the party. So you've got people on the right, people on the left, and everyone seems to be fighting the center. Mm. And I don't know how to get out of it. Mm. And that was the purpose of this work, is to try to find common ground in an era of woke, try to find uh, compromise and cooperation in an era of populism. And to appreciate those who want to work together in a time of extremism, mm. and that's and that is what the, what you got in front of you.
0: I mean, it, it, it's 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 fascinating stuff, which anyone can see. By the way, online, can't you? You can download it and watch online. I, I really think you should uh, take a look at it. Center
1: for Policy Studies. S- yeah. Center for Policy Studies. I promised them I would say it three times. Center for <laughs> Policy Studies. There now, not to say it again. <laughs> Sounds like
0: Candyman. <laughs> um, one thing that actually uh, comes across in, in in this report as well, you mentioned woke there, is that there's a large proportion of people who don't know what this means. Now, I do know that obviously you have in your work in, over the years have certainly put huge emphasis on political messaging and words. I believe that the change from global warming to climate change was yours. What would you say we should call woke? If you, because to most people it seems vaguely stilly, vaguely trivial. The word. What does it actually mean? I think I know what it means. But would you say we need a new word for woke?
1: No, I think it's perfectly appropriate. It's the same language. By the way, it's one of the reasons why the British culture should do everything it can to keep some of American culture out of this country. You don't need woke. You don't need populism. You have a society that is, with exceptions, a society that's more open, a society that's more respectful, a society that that's, uh, provides greater opportunities for everyone in society or for the most people in society. This country found a way not to divide itself culturally, don't start doing it now. And that's what woke is all about. It's a, it's the same thing as we have in the States. It dismisses you because of your gender, because of your ethnicity, because of your race, that you're privileged and therefore you don't deserve whatever you have achieved. And those who have not achieved deserve the right to be, to use Boris's phrase, leveled up. Mm-hmm. And that is not what a meritocracy is about. That is not what performance is about. You earn your success in America and the U.S., at least in my mind. Nothing is given to you. And if you have been held back, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said that, that the only limitations you have are ones you put on yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it, life is not fair. So be blunt about it but you can make it more fair than whatever lot you were given in. And as long as we all start at roughly the same place, and that's the role of government to make sure that that happens. Where we end up is simply by our own effort, our own commitment, our own perseverance, mm. and a little bit of luck. It's interesting though that you know you say about you know
0: is is what the government should do is to lay the conditions for equality of opportunity, I suppose you would say. But it seems that the general dynamic now is about, uh, this word equity, is about equality of outcomes, is
1: it not? Uh, to a great degree, yes. And that is not what democracies or economic freedom has ever been about. It does not say that we are all equal after effort, that we are all equal after after whatever we have done in life, the public doesn't believe in that. Mm. The public believes in opportunity. The public believes in the right to try, the right to persevere, the right to fail, get up, dust yourself off, and try again. But that the outcome should be determined by your effort, by your persistence, by your creativity, by your brains, and they're willing to accept that a little luck gets thrown into it as well. Now, I, I do want to emphasize that there are people who have been held back. There are people who have been ignored or forgotten. And for those who seek to weaponize woke, shame on you, mm-hmm. because woke divides. Woke is like a poison that gets into a system, into your system. and. It undermines meritocracy. It undermines performance. It undermines the the principle of having to earn your success. And populism creates the most deep animosity that I don't think is constructive. Britain does not need either. You, have, you do not have a perfect history, but you've done a lot for a lot of people. You there are things in your history that probably people would ask you to apologize for, but there's so much more that you've done to make countries and and populations better off. I really believe that this is a nation to be proud of, not a nation to demonize. I think that's the big difference, fact. Right? You know that when when you say
0: at the beginning we were joking about the the cup and how the English is, "Oh, we won't win." And that's sort of like a rather endearing understatement. That's the culture of understatement. Um, I would say since in my life it has been self-abnegation. This emphasis on
1: the negative has now reached a climax. Stop doing it. Stop beating yourself up. I say this as an observer and someone who does not like the political system in the country and does not always appreciate the economic system in the country. But I'm an American and I'm proud to be American. But I'm also proud to be over here for two months and you have so much to be proud of. Mm. And I feel that that's one of the problems of this extremism. Mm. That instead of being focused on writing a greater future, it's focused on rewriting the elements of the past. Mm. That is not what a great country does. A great country learns from its mistakes, acknowledges when it doesn't get it right, fixes it so we can have an even greater future. That's what you should be focused on. For the most part, that's what the people are focused on, and for the most part, that's what the government is focused on. Don't let woke destroy what took centuries of leadership to build. Well, we're dedicated
0: on this channel to, you know, to that very thing, not letting that happen. Uh, But it does seem uh, that there is a very willing audience, shall we say, that when the whole thing happened last year, for example, with Black Lives Matter in America, uh, it was extraordinary the speed with which the thing came here, not just that, but also in all of
1: our institutions. I watched it. I watched it because I was uh, watching a mayoral race. So I was very surprised that it worked its way over here because you don't have the racial problems that we have. Mm -hmm. You don't have cops killing kids the way that we have in the States. You have figured out a way to involve a greater percentage of your society in in day-to-day life. We have more segregation. I think we have more discrimination. We are, Americans are much better today than we were 10 years ago. And we're, we were better 10 years ago than we were 50 years ago. Britain did not have this problem. Mm. And it's something you should be proud of. It's, it's, I always have to say this because I'm, I'm nervous about someone taking me down for saying, what, you don't see this racism. You don't see this discrimination you had people yelling the most awful stuff at the football match. Mm. I didn't see it, but I was told it, and then I saw videos of it. So no, you have a way to go. Mm. But America's got further to go, to be candid, and sometimes you seem like we're going in the wrong direction. One
0: of the findings in your report, though, which was really, you know, took me aback on this point was a large number, a, a very, I think, thirty-seven percent, I think, um, of people asked thought that Britain was institutionally racist. Now, but I don't recognise that picture of of Britain being institutionally racist. Not in a million years, and yet this is what so many people think.
1: A lot of it is because of what they get in the news. A lot of it's because of what they get at the universities. Uh, A lot of it comes from entertainment. These are the three areas that have the greatest control on what we think and how we think and why we think. And those who are unhappy are much, much louder Mm -hmm. than those who are pleased. And so you don't hear anything from those who think life is okay Mm -hmm. because they've got nothing to shout about. The other side has a lot to shout about, and that's exactly what they do. Instead of trying to get it done quietly, they choose to shout. And I don't think that's helpful. Mm. Part of the even the agreement to do this interview was the chance to suggest to people who are watching, don't behave badly. Mm. Your kids are watching you. Mm. Your neighbors are watching you. Your friends are watching you. Don't act like an idiot Mm. because your whole country is hurt when you do. You've been involved in
0: politics for a long time. I mean, uh, can I ask you, it's, it's fascinating, was originally when you started, I mean, was it a fascination with politics, or was it a love of politics, or, or was it also a love of country, your country? I mean, Or are the two, can they be the same?
1: So I'm gonna sound like a geek, but the greatest compliment I ever got as a kid is when I was called a great American. And it was the nephew to Jim Buckley. He was the former senator of New York, Mm. who's running for the Senate in Connecticut. And he called me a great American in my house. He came by to visit me to tell me I've been doing such a great job. I was 17 years old, and I was working for the campaign. And he stopped by to pay his respects. He's only in his mid twenties, and he just said, "I want you to know you're a great American." And I ran in to say to my mom, "Hey, I was just called." I was so proud. I was. my, My father was a dentist. And I interrupted him at work to tell him that I'm a great American. Oh. And I don't feel so great now. No. I don't feel so great. I don't think our country is, is what it was. I am hopeful, that's not accurate. I hope that we return, but I'm not necessarily hopeful. And I've been humbled by learning just how many people do not think America's great and unlike some in leadership, I don't dismiss it. I want to understand it. Mm. If you don't appreciate what America's doing, if you don't think it's a great country, tell me why mm. and let's figure out a way to fix it because in the end I think there is more freedom. I think there's more opportunity but we don't give people that space anymore. You're now the enemy. Mm. Uh, there'll be people who will edit this, who could cut this to make it seem like I'm really harsh to the country. And they'll do so to uh, insult me or to criticize or t- to uh, cancel me. Cancel culture is real. Mm. Fortunately, it doesn't happen as much as some people think it does, but it happens. And it happens at universities. It happens in, on editorial pages. It happens in newspapers and at places where thoughts are really important. So I will explain it in a way that's probably kind of strange. But the place where diversity matters most is on a college campus. Mm -hmm. Normally, I always talk about inclusion because diversity means I'm going to take one person who's sitting in that chair, one person from behind the cameras, someone from here. That's diversity. Inclusion is all of us. But I actually think we need diversity on college campuses and we don't have it. Over here, if you're conservative, you have a much harder job of getting appointed in the states. It's even worse. Mm -hmm. So you can have entire political science departments that are 90 percent left of center and they think nothing of it. And that's not healthy for the students. I don't want to change it just for the sake of changing it. And I don't really care for myself. I am so committed to students having every perspective taught them and adults having every perspective available to them. Mm. But that's not what's happening right now. And that's why cancel culture is so scary. The idea that you can't collect all that information because some of it has been delegitimized by people who should know better.
0: Well, here, I would say that we have a similar problem in universities here, you know, that Now, overwhelmingly left-wing academia, um, but also this sort of no-platforming to the point where the government has actually had to step in and create these free speech czars, they call them. Which I don't like
1: either, because that's getting in the way of what universities should be doing on their own. Mm. I don't want government telling universities what they should or should not do. I want those universities guided by what the students and the faculty choose but that's not happening or they're choosing they're choosing to just cut people off mm. or to literally cancel them and uh, and that's not right either well this is something as well this in the report is that
0: uh, on a personal level uh, the number of people uh who say they have if you like struck a friend off because of their politics either expressed online or in person, whatever it might be, is something like 28%, but amongst younger people, it was over half, I think 53 from memory, correct? This is appalling. But I have to say, you see, here, you know, having been a strong Brexiteer and involved in that campaign... Gotta sneak that in. <laughs> I, I would say that it seems to be almost entirely one way It might be different in America, but here I never knew of any Brexit person, Brexit supporting person who stopped talking to someone because they were a Remainer. It seemed to be mostly, if not entirely, one way.
1: Well its youth is actually the greatest indicator. That number of people who had stopped talking is from 18 to 29 year olds. Mm. You get to people over age 65, it's only 14% rather than 53% who stop talking to someone because of their politics. The problem is that the youth right now think that they are the most tolerant generation ever, ever, the most respectful generation ever. They just think that they are God's gift. Mm. And now I'm about to walk into where I always get into trouble on stuff like this. They're actually the least tolerant. Mm. They're the most likely to cut people off. They're the most likely to refuse to take in alternative information and to have made up their minds. And it's the greatest tragedy because they're at the point in their life when they should be challenging themselves instead of canceling mm. other people. But that's not happening. And I think that we won't fix that until, young, until the faculty at these universities teach the young people that there is a right and a wrong way to deal with information that they disagree with. Mm. And the wrong way is to cancel it. Mm. Apparently something as well that's not happening anymore is that they, you know, this
0: old idea that somehow people, traditional idea, that younger people were more radical, maybe more to the left, and that essentially, as they get older and they do certain things, buy houses and things like that, they become more right leaning or concerned to call it what you like. Um, but apparently that is not happening, or rather they are staying
1: left longer. And they're staying left longer, but when they turn conservative, boy, do they turn conservative. <laughs> so 18 to 39-year-olds are just dominated by labor. 50 and older are just dominated by conservatives. That period in their 40s is where the battle lines are drawn. And I'm as interested in that age gap of 40 to 50 as I am about North versus South as I am about cities versus rural areas because something happens to you from your 40th birthday to your 50th birthday that causes your politics to change. Mm. These are these are experiences in life. And such as? Such as uh, your kid going off to school. Such as you begin to look You're looking more at retirement than you are starting something new. Um, There's stages of life. And right at 50, between 40 and 50, you have a different perspective than you did when you were younger. Mm. And that's what's causing uh, uh, this significant change. The other thing is by the time you've reached the 40 to 50, you've stopped, you really have stopped canceling people. Mm. So you'll be willing to hear another point of view that you were not 20 years earlier.
0: Part of the report, a big part of the report, is actually about British attitude to business, isn't it? Uh, It doesn't look great. Um, It looks pretty negative. It is. Um, I think at one point you say we should have a different word for the word capitalism. What is interesting here is that there was Britain was on... You say it with such dripping cynicism. No, (laughs) no. I I mean, I'm I'm a, a capitalist. Look, the... The whole point, really. You're is never going it, to make
1: it out of this building.
0: In uh, in Britain, in Europe, I suppose people thought of had traditionally thought of capitalism with kind of they held their no, you know, nose when they talk. It was sort of with the best of all possible systems, um, but it wasn't sort of celebrated in the way that it is in America. But that, interestingly, despite the, if you like, the uh, interval of Mrs. Thatcher, which apparently we're told seems to have changed everything. It would appear not, because we're back on that track of being sort of just finding it distasteful.
1: You you lost that sense of faith in the future when people saw that the elevator to success was broken mm. and the repairmen were on holiday. Mm. If you feel like you have the chance to succeed, you'll back economic freedom. If you don't see that path, or you think someone is blocking you on that path, that's the surest indicator of either woke behavior or populist behavior. So the people in charge need to do a better job of explaining how to get on that path and a better demonstration of how that path will lead to success. No one expects to be Richard Branson but they do expect to have the opportunity to improve their lot in life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every year, every month, every week, uh, and they will punish anyone or anything that doesn't give them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were, at the beginning,
0: very pessimistic, it seemed, about America. Um, and you seem rather sad uh, about it. Uh, I have to say that when I wake up in the morning and I look, turn on the radio, whatever it is, and I sort of hear something else that in fact I've always loved, uh, somehow being, you know, in some ways deconstructed or, or whatever it is. Um, where, where do we go then? I mean, you've come to Britain, but only for a short time. But I mean, does it, do you ever think, you know, what I loved and what inspired me for so long and what I care about is no longer there. So where do I go?
1: Yes, I have thought about that. I've been thinking about that particularly in the last 72 hours. Uh, I am sad because this is, I never expected to articulate this in my life. Uh, and I know this will be seen by some in America who will jump me for it. I'm still a proud American. Mm. Uh, but I'm embarrassed by how The politicians talk to each other. Mm. I'm embarrassed that there are too many people who have been left behind economically. The income gap or the wealth gap is significant and it needs to be addressed. Mm. I'm embarrassed when there's still examples of discrimination. I don't want to throw out the whole system. I don't want to rewrite American history. What happened, happened. And for the most part, as with the UK, Americans behave very well, not perfectly. But pretty well and I'm not willing to destroy the history of the country because a few people have a grievance right now and they think that their way of getting ahead is by destroying everybody else's Mm -hmm. that's not how we succeed we succeed together we succeed in partnership you've got a group of people that are putting together this show it could not happen if it was just one person here there are multiple people we have to do this together we also have to respect individual rights, uh, individual freedom, aspirations. What you want to achieve is different than me. I want you to have the right to achieve it. Allow me the right to achieve it. I want to take other people along for the ride. I want them to benefit from it. Make that a possibility. And if not, does that make me sad? Absolutely. What am I going to do from this point on? I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I I I don't want to go back. To a place where you have a third of the population not vaccinated deliberately, uh, not having their two jabs. I don't want to go to a country that is so focused on what they did wrong that they have stopped teaching what they did right. I don't want the yelling and screaming anymore. It gives me a headache. Mm -hmm. It's like someone banging Um, uh, on a trash can. mm. And then the last thing is you happen to be interviewing me at a point of my most exhausted because producing a a a document like the one that you can get on cps Mm. center for policy studies there got it in again um took a lot out of me Mm.
0: it is uh, an extraordinary um, just uh winding it up uh, Frank. i know you're 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 busy and tired but (laughs) You know, what, how
1: many people did you involved in this? So I'm getting the list because I actually think it's pretty impressive. The labor leaders, the Lib Dem leaders, the Conservative leaders that I spoke to in putting together the questionnaire, the academics, uh, people from different industries, the business leaders I talked to, more than 25 people had access to the survey to give me guidance about what I should ask. If you came to my flat right now, it would look like the Unabomber. I have notes on every piece of paper. I, the, I think the maid called the police because she's nervous that I'm either making crack cocaine or, or a bomb in my place. But there are notes everywhere. And I'm not done yet because I really am so dedicated to this that I want to provide on the website of CPS a full accounting Mm. of all that we learn. Mm. So right now you'll get the PowerPoint, but by the time I leave in 10 days, you'll have a complete analysis of what, where, when, why, and how.
0: A lot of the tone of this actually is in fact, Advice to parties political parties as well and to business isn't it
1: what you should do Yeah, and then for business we tell them focus on your customers and focus on your people Yeah, don't focus on woke and for the parties we tell them don't weaponize this don't find ways just to be negative There are this represents about 150 questions of that 150. I think 148 are positive only two are negative Why? Because they don't want to contribute to another attack. I don't want to contribute to what politicians already do too much of. Tell us what they're against rather than what they're for. I think the public deserves more. I think they deserve better. And that's what I'm going to give them.
0: Uh, Finally, uh, you have a kind of visual section. You know, what are the most favored visuals? And it's very interesting to see, you know, something's never quite changed. Uh, the Queen is number top,
1: one, far and away, yes. from the others Isn't it extraordinary. Uh, well, for- she's been there for a while, yeah. so people have become comfortable with her. Uh, I and uh, the Union Jacked as well. My surprise was the button from the NHS. I heart NHS was the second most popular visual. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised, even more than your Olympic runner who was carrying the flag around him. Mo um, I mean, yes. Yes. Uh, and then what finished dead last? Oh, Shakespeare was one, I think. Not quite dead last. <laughs> the Houses of Parliament. <laughs> House yeah. of Commons. Yeah. That is the least appreciated mm. visual. Mm. And that should send a lesson to all the politicians. Pay attention. Mm. The public thinks they're ignored, forgotten, or betrayed. And it's your responsibility, because if that's their perception, then that's reality. Mm. You have to change that. And that's the message that this study has done, that the status quo is not acceptable. By the way, I don't know what's behind that painting. But oh, I is, can tell you exactly. It but is it, frightening.
0: No, it's a little air conditioning box, which is temperamental. So it just comes and goes off. But anyway. now just like your prime minister. <laughs> exactly. Who, in fact, you knew at Oxford. Yes. Yes. And worked with con- uh, subsequently to that, did you not? You uh, I would visit him from time to time. Yeah. Well, look, Frank, thank you very much for coming and uh, making the me. time. I know you've been hugely busy. The um, report, as I think you've heard many times now, is at the Centre for Policy Studies. And um, right, yes, there it is. He's holding it up. Britain huh. speaks. Um, and thank you very much once again. I do hope that when you come back. Uh, We haven't frightened you away enough and you'll come back and speak to us again. Um, Only if I get to take a book home with me. Oh, well, I'll give you lots of those. Don't worry. Anything that will make you come back. Um, Thank you very much. That's it for So What You're Saying is uh, this week. And we shall see you next time. Thank you very much.